Are you a frequent lover? Then sign up for Lover's Lane's loyalty program. Access special discounts and promotions, and all month long, frequent lovers earn triple and quadruple pleasure points on all purchases. Welcome to the Intimacy Advisor Podcast. I am your host, Sarah TomTom, and today we are discussing finding your orgasm. As always, this is an adult podcast. Proceed with caution if you have little ones or coworkers around, or just pop your headphones in, jump out to your car, and have a little me time. <laughs> Last episode, we got into multiple orgasms, and it occurred to me that a lot of folks are not experiencing the kind of single orgasms that they are really striving for. So I thought we could talk a little bit about some techniques and also some additional resources that are out there for finding your body's orgasmic potential. For me, orgasms are a state where your brain, your body, and your breath are working together and allowing for surrender. You know, physiologically, an orgasm is the contraction and release of muscles, and it builds up to a pleasurable release. But there are a number of things that go into that equation because how we respond to stimuli, how we feel about our genitals, how we feel about our body in general, how energy flows in our body, the ways in which our brain steps in and hijacks us is influenced by a lot of different factors. And it is important to know that there's a lot that we are working against when trying to create surrender in our body. We live in a culture that tells us that there are right and wrong ways to have sex. We live in a very phallocentric model of sexuality. Penis in vagina sex is quote unquote the right way. Um, it's framed to us as goal-oriented. So rather than orgasmic experiences being a journey, it is an orgasm is like this end place that we want to get to, which can be really limiting and create a lot of pressure, which can then get us into our head. We've got mainstream messaging that is sending some conflicting ideas to us as young people and throughout our whole lives. We have, you know, religious messaging around sex should be for procreation only. We've got abstinence only education. We have layers of embarrassment around our fantasies. Masturbation is taboo in our culture. And then you might be working through partner issues or misalignment of fantasies or just general stress or let alone body image. Oh my gosh. So much. It is a lot. All of this is to say you are not alone and it is okay 
if this is something that does not come really naturally or easily to you. We're not going to solve it all right now, but let me give you a couple tools to help you get started. First, I would say if you've not listened to the Awakening Arousal episode, please go back to that episode and learn a little bit about context and not only accelerators, but also how we can all have sexual desire breaks as well that step in. The pleasure-based anatomy episode is also really helpful if what you're dealing with is just kind of a general lack of understanding of how your body pleasure network or your partner's body works. For our purposes today, if where you're stuck is in the realm of negative thoughts, anxiety over, you know, your body or your fantasies, embarrassment, shame, or just generally your brain and your thoughts are stepping in in ways that are not helpful such as not being able to stay in your body and like jumping up into your head whenever you get into an erotic situation, then you might want to explore your sexual script a little bit. So our our sexual scripts are a combination of the messaging we received around sex and our early experiences and throughout the course of our life, like how experiences, our own experiences compare to the influential messages or influences that we receive. These can be cultural, familial, et cetera. And you can look into sexual scripts. I have a course actually that I teach that is available on sexplus.com with another educator, Anne Hottership. And it is a four-part course. So it's actually, it's really in-depth in exploring your own relationship to your sexuality and becoming more empowered in it. We address sexual scripts in that class and have a variety of exercises. So I'll link to that in the show notes if some things are pinging for you in this area, like, ooh, I might be being held back a little bit by some stuff that's in my sexual script. Uh, But you can even just be thinking of questions like, what are two to three major messages you received about sexuality or about your body when you were growing up? What is an influential experience or a turning point that you had in your sexual journey? What comes up for you when you say to yourself, I have a right to ask for what I want? What comes up for you when you think to yourself, I have a right to define the kind of sexual person I am or how I express my sexuality. Exploring these kinds of questions, if you start feeling, say, like heat in your body or you are detaching from your body or you have light bulbs going off, then what you might be experiencing is that something somewhere in your sexual script, whether it's messaging that you received, experiences that you've had, are creating some roadblocks for you. Similarly, 
some people just feel very disconnected or have a lack of identity in their sexuality. Uh, there is an educator named Jaya who developed what is called the erotic blueprint. It's a really fantastic way of starting to get to understand what kind of sexual person you are, like what types of sexual expression do you respond to? Is it about sensory play? Or for you, is it about exploring taboos or power dynamics? Is it more of a spiritual connective experience? The erotic blueprint can be really enlightening, I think, in some of the similar ways that understanding love languages can be. And you can take a quiz on her site, MissJaya.com. I will also link to it in the show notes. Um, that can be a great starting point. Now, if you feel like your body turns against you or doesn't respond in the ways that you would like it to, or you're not experiencing the kind of touch that really sets you on fire, or just generally you'd like to explore a new kind of touch vocabulary, a practice that I love and that is one of my cornerstone teaching practices. So you can find this an in-depth exploration of this on my site, pleasurepractices.com, is the erotic body scan. So if you've heard of a body scan before, it's probably in the context of a mindfulness body scan where you, it's a grounding technique for noticing and existing in your body. And I've developed a method for pleasure mapping where you use a lot of the same process of a mindfulness body scan, but then you introduce stimulation in using your breath to get grounded. Or if you have a grounding practice that you really like starting there so that you create a neutral exploration zone and get to a place where you can exist in your body rather than floating around in your thoughts. And then you can either start, start from the top of your head and work your way down, or you start from your feet and you work your way up. On the first pass, you start introducing light stimulation. So I usually start feet first and work my way up and have some tools available to you, whether it's feathers, soft fabrics, ice cubes, a candle, a slapper, you know, whatever that rain, a finger fork is one of my absolute favorites. It's kind of like a Wartenberg wheel. It's a sensation play implement. Uh, whatever the things are that you already have in your toolbox for exploring sensation. And if you don't have those kinds of things around, just get, you know, scan your space and think about like, Ooh, what might feel nice on my skin and grab that. You can do this just with your hands if you want, because you can create so many different sensations with your hands, but start introducing stimuli first on your feet, 
your ankles, work your way up your legs, your belly, your chest, your head is a really nerve-rich area, light, tickling, soft, lightly massaging sensations. And then on your way down from your head back down to your feet, you're going to want to intensify the sensations a little bit, maybe more squeezing. You might get into some slapping, maybe some nipple tugging, uh, things of that nature. And your job in the body scan is not to push through any sensations that don't feel good, but simply notice how your body responds. And when you're done, take notes. Certainly, if you hit an area of your body that brings up negative feelings, move on from that part of your body. The goal here is not to force yourself to experience stimulation that you do not enjoy or that brings stuff up. The goal of this is to open up to the information that your body has to share with you. And with this new knowledge, to take it into your sensory play, your sexual play, and lean into those areas and those types of stimulation that feel really good. And using those as the starting point for getting your body into a receptive state. For a lot of us, we focus heavily on our genitals during sex. Of course we do. These are our most nerve-rich areas of our body. This is where uh, we practice most of our sex. But when we stay so focused on our genitals and we do not incorporate other areas of our body, not only do we limit sensation, But even the sensations that we do experience in our genitals stay really localized there. So when you think of your whole body as being your playing field, you may find that the roadblocks that you're encountering in terms of your body's orgasmic response start to either move aside or soften up a little bit because you're bringing in some helpers. (laughs) You're breaking out of the habits that aren't working. You're engaging your skin and your other erogenous zones. Your body scan might even just help you identify areas that when you touch them with intentionality, they create relaxation in the body. So if there's something that you're experiencing sexually that causes tightness, suddenly you might have some tools for like, okay, I know that if I then can ask my partner to kiss my neck or my clavicle, that's going to really help me relax and be able to enjoy the sensations in a new way. There are different schools of thought on whether uh, this type of exploration, a practice like the erotic body scan is in this family of practices called pleasure mapping. Some people believe that it is more effective to do it with a partner. Some people believe it is more effective to do solo. And I 
think it really depends on the person. So the benefit of doing it with a partner is that you're not able to anticipate the sensations in the way that you do when you are performing them on your own body. And that creates more intensity around the exploration and your body responds uh, in a different way than it would solo. And you can relax into it versus when you're doing it on yourself, it's very active. The potential downside of doing it with a partner is maybe there's pressure or some of the dynamics that are holding you back in general that are then present. Doing it solo can kind of take this pressure off a little bit. I also just find that when I'm in any kind of space, like learning space around my body, for me, doing it solo gives me that freedom to explore maybe a little bit beyond the parameters that I would feel comfortable doing, at least initially with somebody else. And then I can bring that knowledge back. So I encourage you to do these kinds of practices solo and with a partner if you are partnered and that is a safe space for you to do that. And one note, do not forget to breathe during any kind of body practice that you are doing. You want to keep energy moving. You want to make sure to help like fuel and spread the sensations in your body. Sometimes tension may even just accumulate in your body because you're not breathing. A question that came in from a listener is how to transition from faking the orgasm to not faking the orgasm. And I thought that this might be a nice place to address this question because when you start doing practice exploration practices that are going to be expansive, what you might be working against is that your partner has has been under the impression that you have been experiencing orgasms. And so it can be kind of hard to um, introduce new practices towards the goal of achieving orgasm if this has been the case for you. There is an entire episode from last year dedicated to um, faking it. So if this is a more in-depth issue that's coming up in your relationship, I encourage you to listen to that episode. But I think there's a couple different approaches with making the transition from faking orgasm to not faking orgasm. One is just giving full transparency. And the way you can frame it is that because of the safety and comfort that your partner has provided you with and with their genuine interest in you experiencing incredible pleasure, it has made it so that you can be honest about this thing, which is that in fact, you felt a lot of pressure to fake it over the course of your whole life. And you're not interested in doing that anymore because you would like to explore ways to experience orgasms. Another way to approach it, if giving transparency feels scary to you, or like there's going to be real repercussions in your relationship, or it's going to be hurtful to your partner, and you don't want to deal with that, then you can approach it 
in a way of being interested in trying something new, whether it's that you've been in a process of learning about some new techniques or there have been some changes that have been happening in your body that you feel like you would like to try some new approaches or you're just really interested based on the sexual chemistry and connection that you and your partner have of trying some new and different ways to play together sexually, this can be a way to avoid having to directly tell somebody that you have not been having orgasms with them, but instead you are just interested in trying some new things. And would they be interested in doing that with you as well? And while you're exploring in new and different ways that help to create this mind body experience that allows for this pleasurable release and this surrender, please also think about sex toys. Now, I know I've said that I am a big sex toy enthusiast and I have sold sex toys for many years. And from this experience, I have had countless interactions of people sharing about how they were not able to experience orgasm until they used toys. This is an incredibly common shared experience that people have. And the reason is, is that toys help you to create new sensations. They, you know, give you another pair of hands, essentially. A well-designed toy is targeting your pleasure centers just right. And sometimes we can think that something in our body is broken when in fact, it's just that we have not figured out how to engage all the nerve endings at the level of intensity that we need or with the type of targeted stimulation that we need or with the type of curvature, et cetera. I really encourage you if you're running into issues or feeling unsatisfied with how you experience orgasms to think about throwing a toy into the mix. And a couple of my go-to recommendations for starter toys if you don't have a lot of experience using toys, are external vibrators. So like a stone-shaped massager that can fit into the palm of your hand can be incredibly versatile. You can use it on other parts of your body. Similarly, massagers, so wand-style massagers, the Hitachi Magic Wand being the classic one. There's lots of new versions of that classic, obviously. Uh, But massagers give a lot of power and can be used all over the whole body. And I also really like the family of toys that are made with what's called pleasure air technology. There's a lot of suction toys out there, but Womanizer developed a technology called pleasure air. It's not direct suction, so it doesn't numb you out in the same way that some suction toys can. It is also more expensive than some of the suction toy knockoffs, but pleasure air products are really fantastic in terms of creating new and different kinds of sensations, especially for people who've experienced vibrators and don't particularly like them. These are absolutely like the go-to for anybody who is not very into vibration. 
I've had so many people tell me, oh my gosh, I could have cared less about sex toys. And then I tried a pleasure air product and wow, it totally gets me. Or it finally, I finally experienced an orgasm for the first time. The thing that's really cool about the Womanizer products is that there is also a sister brand, brother brand. I don't know. It's called ArcWave and they design pleasure air products for penises. So uh, that's also an amazing product for anyone who's looking to experience new sensations. It uses the same pleasure air technology to target the pleasure receptors in the head of the penis. So those are really my go-tos for anyone who is looking for something new and different or has just hit a wall with trying lots of different techniques or ways of getting their body to the place that they would like it to be with their orgasms. I have so many other toy recommendations, but that that's really where I would start. As always, you can send me any follow-up questions you have to this episode, any previous episodes, other topics you would like me to discuss. You can find us at intimacyadvisor.com. You can email me directly at sarah at sarahtomtom.com. You can take any of my classes at pleasurepractices.com. You can find all the pleasure air toys, the WeVibe Touch X, any massager you could think of at loverslane.com. And you can find us on Instagram at intimacyadvisorpod. I look forward to hearing from you through any of those avenues. And until next time, stay sexy. Are you a frequent lover? Then sign up for Lover's Lane's loyalty program. Access special discounts and promotions, and all month long, frequent lovers earn triple and quadruple pleasure points on all purchases. Mm-hmm.